to Ahead of the Cloud, Coval's podcast on next generation networks for global enterprises. I'm Kieran Roach, co-founder and CTO at Coevolve. And we have a really interesting topic today. So since we founded Coevolve back in 2014, a big part of what we've always done is help enterprises and particularly global enterprises manage change in their environment using a modern approach. And that means bringing, whether it's next generation ideas or technologies or vendors to the table, and finding just a really pragmatic way of, of using those combinations to deliver the outcomes that these enterprises are looking for. And I think it's an interesting time for enterprises right now. We're seeing enterprises facing just an unprecedented level of change across a number of fronts. So whether that's a return to the office and this complex hybrid working situation where lots of new demands are being put on these enterprise networks, We've got a very rapid rise in the the rate of cloud migration and the move of applications and infrastructure to the cloud. That just seems to continue at an ever greater pace. And then we've seen a real trend towards network and security convergence, which is a consolidation of two historically quite separate functions in many enterprises. And the enterprises are trying to deal collectively with all of these changes going on and many others in many cases. So we felt that given our background and our perspective on the industry, we're actually quite well positioned to develop resources and content to help business and IT leaders navigate these challenges. And we're doing this in the form of our next gen content series. So to talk about that in a bit more detail and to get into the real meat of this topic, I've asked my co-founder partner and co-evolve CEO, Tim Sullivan, to join the podcast and to help add more background on this series and why we feel Coevolve is just well positioned to help enterprises deliver on these complex digital transformation initiatives. So, Tim, thanks again for joining and welcome back. Thanks, Kieran. Uh, nice to be back on the Head of the Cloud podcast. We, uh, we love to share what we're doing out there in the field with clients. So this has been a really good forum. So I look forward to our chat today. Excellent. Yeah, thanks again. So, Tim, what's your perspective on these key trends? And I outlined some of them there a moment ago, but there's obviously a lot of these changes that business leaders are having to face at the moment, you know, particularly over the next 12 to 24 months. And it seems like across that, there's a lot of challenges, conflicting priorities, but maybe opportunities as well that need to be addressed simultaneously. And how does that uh, come across when you're speaking to your uh, IT leadership contacts, uh, whether it's in the Australia and APAC region or elsewhere around the world? Are these the common trends and themes that you're hearing from these types of contexts? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. The, um, the point you make there about all of these things happening concurrently is a massive thing. And I think there's actually a lot of stress and even fatigue out there in terms of just how much change enterprise IT teams and business leaders are facing. So I think, um, you know, really being able to cut through and have proactive partners who uh, really help on these key themes uh, in practical ways. So I think there's um, there's probably five key themes that um, I'm seeing consistently. And as you mentioned, we work across multiple continents. So I'll be working one day with uh, the team in, in Europe, for example, on a, on a large bid in Europe, uh, across Singapore, where I was the other week, um, visiting clients and partners in that region. Um, need to get back to the US very soon, haven't been there for a while given pandemic travel issues. But um, you know whether it's Australia or anywhere else globally, um, I think these themes are really consistent. So certainly there's regional nuances for sure that need to be taken into account. But I think look, the top five themes that I would mention would be, you know, one, the distributed enterprise is a real thing and, uh, and has uh, many challenges to it. Uh, cybersecurity remains top of mind. Um, 
simplification is essential to be able to sort of really drive cost reduction and uh, move faster. Um, fourthly, clients are just you know crying out for more flexibility in so many ways. And then I think finally, the fifth thing would be sort of around observability and visibility. So maybe I'll just sort of quickly um, add a comment or two on each of those five key themes that we're seeing across all regions. Um, so obviously with the distributed enterprise, we sort of live very much now in a digital first, remote first world. And uh, so that's putting a lot of pressure on teams to keep adapting to these business requirements very, very rapidly and to ensure that that you know, end user client experience, that employee experience really is first, uh, you know, first uh, rate anywhere in the world. And uh, all of these digitization initiatives and transformation initiatives um, need to be deployed anywhere at any time on any device in any manner. So it's, uh, it, it makes for you know, a really challenging set of demands on these IT teams. And we think that um, you know, really to be able to serve the needs of these remote, uh, widely distributed businesses and uh, employees and consumers anywhere around the world, um, you know, the really software-defined architecture and virtual services uh, really plays a massive role in that. Um, so secondly, then security, you know, that remains top of mind and rightly so uh, for all of the IT leaders um, and teams that we're, we're working with. So I think uh, in that respect, you know, we're really seeing the convergence of network and security, uh, or another way of putting that is maybe that sort of bundling into one platform instead of having multiple point solutions, different products, different portals, different processes, different teams even. Uh, really seeing that converge. And I think, um, you know, that gives an opportunity for a step change in a better quality of uh, experience, um, much, much stronger levels of security. And, um, and really, you know, to be able to, in a zero trust manner, really identify and uh, ensure policy adherence, you know, right across all of the cloud and non-cloud applications for the, all the different categories of users that these IT teams work with. Um, so that sort of brings us to the third point that we mentioned, which was the simplification theme. Uh, it's essential uh, in this world where we've got increasing economic headwinds, ongoing supply chain issues, geopolitical issues, etc., causing a lot of complexity out there. I think it's, um, it's really important for the enterprise IT leaders to be able to uh, drive a level of simplification and even automation right across their IT stack. So really to be able to work in a really cloud native way, um, to be able to much move much more quickly and to leverage the technology uh, to sort of pinpoint issues, move proactively or even uh, have those automated, uh, you know, remediated automatically is sort of um, really that opportunity to take cost and time out of the process by simplifying is, uh, is something we're really helping our clients with. Um, the fourth thing we said was flexibility. So we definitely see that um, you know, these enterprises, wherever they are, whatever industry vertical they're in, they're requesting you know, ever greater levels of scalability, of adaptability. So it's essential that uh, the underlying technology platform, but also the co-managed or managed service partner you know really can deliver against that um, you know uh, set of requirements um, take for example that hybrid workforce you know enterprises are really increasingly 
seeing that not only are they accessing talent in the cities local to their offices, but they're really needing to uh, access talent on a global basis. So these are sort of some of the examples that we really help um, with our clients to sort of really you know, deliver those step change levels of flexibility. And then I think the final uh, theme that I mentioned of observability or visibility sort of in, somewhat un in some ways uh, underpins all of that, right? It's, um, it's a complex set of scenarios. So really leaders want to be able to quickly get clear answers on what's going on. Um, they really wanted to be able to, um, you know, see at any stage of the life cycle, you know, what those underlying issues are and ideally, you know, work in a high level of transparency with their partners to be able to uh, get to the, you know, the root of the, you know, the issue or um, even better still with increasingly use, uh, using AI and other tools to actually augment and, and uh, you know, remediate around that issue before the uh, end users are even aware. So um, quite a long-winded answer there, but they're the, they're, the, they're the top five themes that we're really seeing on a global basis. Great. No, that, I think that's, uh, that's really insightful. And I think it's a big challenge for enterprises having to deal simultaneously with so many of those, uh, those conflicting challenges in many cases. And I think there's a lot of appetite out there for some guidance and insight into how best to be able to navigate through that level of complexity. Absolutely. Someone who's very responsive and iterative in how they deliver, uh, as you say, for that compounding set of uh, circumstances that these teams face is what's, uh, is what's needed. So when we look at those topics, what we've done with the next-gen content is try to capture some of those themes and collate that into a series of advice and best practices and recommendations for enterprises that are trying to navigate these challenges. And I guess from your perspective, Tim, what's what's the main role of this content? What are we trying to achieve with it? And you know, what do we see it doing in terms of helping these enterprise IT leaders improve the outcomes of these digital transformation projects? Yeah, so um, Cobalt's always been at the vanguard of the network and security technology space. So that's sort of in our DNA to be uh, working on new themes and, um, and, you know, being at that early adopter stage of the market and, uh, and really being a party that shares, shares with our clients, shares with the community, shares with partners uh, that we rely on. So with Cobalt's Next Gen series, we're really looking to uh, have a number of thought-provoking themes, but also at the same time, you know, really deliver some practical insights some pragmatic uh, examples of what's gone on elsewhere so that uh, leaders can very quickly uh, get to the nub of the issue. And we've identified um, three key topics to, uh, you know, for the uh, inaugural next-gen series. So first one is the future of managed services. Uh, the second one will be the future of the telco independent backbone. Uh, thirdly, then, there'll be the future of manufacturing and in industry 4.0. So, um, you know, that's, that's what we've got coming up ahead of us. And we've picked some of these themes because... They all tie back to those five broader business drivers that we mentioned before. So we know that these uh, initiatives, these uh, topics will really, when enterprises focus in on them, you know, really help uh, across that plethora of different uh, drivers and, and issues that we mentioned earlier. And, you know, it really sort of goes to the core of who Colvolve are. So, you know, the very mission of the business when we started back in 2014 was to help global enterprises adopt next generation network and security technologies. So 
really each of these three next-gen themes um, will really you know, help leaders uh, identify massive savings in the business, always essential, um, be part of their company's innovation agenda, and then you know, just really get to, to work on some very cool initiatives and very cool tech as well. Yeah, I think there's no question that those topics really do speak to those five common themes that we're seeing across these enterprise clients. And the first of them, talking about managed services, that's been part of the, the Covolve DNA really since the very beginning. And a big part of what we set out to achieve with the beginning of Covolve was looking at how traditional managed services were delivered and seeing how we could do that better. What could we do to evolve that? What could we do to take that forward to deliver a better outcome from the enterprise? And I guess from your perspective, Tim, you know, do you think the enterprise expectation of managed services have changed since then? So you know, as we start looking at content themes as part of the next gen series here, what are we talking about in this space that's really taking the enterprise managed service forward from what they, they might have experienced in the past from maybe a more traditional managed service provider? Yeah, in terms of whether clients are expecting more, absolutely. Uh, there's absolutely no question about that. And rightly so. Uh, you know, the tech's changed. Uh, the requirements have changed. So, you know, why on earth would the managed service of, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago still be appropriate in this day and age? So uh, it really does need to evolve. Um, so, you know, and I think it's important to note with that as well that as enterprises run these, um, you know, their, their procurement and their evaluation processes that they really need to adapt their sourcing um, exercise that they've run and not just sort of uh, recreate the previous RFP that they ran five years ago or, or however many years ago and maybe the iteration or two before that as well. Um, they're really going to need to um, get some new voices in the, in the room alongside some of those traditional players, as you say. Um, and I think really there's three top things that I think the uh, how the managed services uh, is evolving. Um, first of all, you know, there's much more agility needed. Uh, secondly, I think there's much smarter packaging um, now required as well. And then thirdly, you know, uh, I think the whole AI ops uh, opportunities to drive much faster and higher quality services is, uh, is really exciting. So I think, you know, just to sort of touch on those three themes and, and how Coevolve look at it, you know, managed services was always our sort of number one core competency when, when you and I founded the business in, in 2014. And on top of that, then in 2014-15, we started building an SD-WAN uh, core competence. Um, we very much believed in the telco independent model. So telco independent uh, SD-WAN became sort of the second core competence sitting on top of the managed service comp core competence. Uh, then sort of come 2016, 17, 18, really the um, SASE, the Secure Access Service Edge, the integrated or converged networking security solutions became another another core competence of Coevolve as an early adopter there. Um, and really that was additive to all of those uh, previous core competencies, core competencies that you and I and the, the team had built out. And then um, in sort of 2019, 20, we started building out the multi-cloud core competence as well, and, and most latterly smart services as well. So, you know, I think we've been true to our name of Coevolve. Uh, you know, we expect the the requirements of the clients to keep changing and we expect Coevolve's uh, solutions to keep evolving as well. So much more agility was the first thing. So, 
uh, enterprises are definitely expecting to be able to access the, all of the features and functions of these new products, but do so in a really seamless end-to-end -end way. Um, I think we often see some of the vendor partners who are really innovating hard and in a highly competitive space, space pushing their, uh, their underlying technology platform forward at a real rate of knots. Um, but we often see them being a bit frustrated, quite frankly, that some of the latest features and, um, and even products that are uh, modular available on a modular basis in addition to the initial platform are sort of being diluted or, or held back from the end user customers uh, by some of the traditional telcos and, and traditional systems integrators. So I think, you know, that need for agility um, to be able to maximise the use of the underlying platform in addition to being really fast in how you respond to the enterprise client's requirements is, is the first key, uh, enhanced agility. Secondly, then we sort of talked about the smarter packaging in this shared responsibility model. So Colvolv, right from the get-go, was very purposeful in how we defined the phases of the network lifecycle, the assess, deploy, manage, optimize phases, and really the individual service modules, as we call them, within each of those phases. So we've built up over time and we keep adding to this as the team keep moving, uh, pushing forward. We add to the service modules available to the client. Now, if the enterprise comes and says, I want a fully managed solution, that's, all, that's fine. Uh, they just check all of the available service models and we take care of every activity on that conversion network and security solution end to end. Um, but often the enterprises are sort of looking to augment their internal resources and come up with a shared responsibility model, which is a model they're very familiar with uh, when they uh, have all their interactions with the AWSs, Azures, etc., um, of the world, but is very unfamiliar to the old telco systems integrator way of working, that traditional way of working. So I think, you know, that smarter packaging um, and being very modular in how that's delivered so that it's really right-sized to a particular enterprise clients' uh, circumstances and needs is really important. And then I think the third area, and, uh, and this is your real area of expertise, Kieran, is you know building in more AI ops and, um, and really, as we call it, the smart services. So going beyond the vendor platform and the, uh, the limits of the technology product itself to add additional value on top of that and to rich that, uh, you know, mine that rich amount of data that's available um, to be able to look down that whole stack and to be able to sort of pinpoint uh, what's going on and, and really flag that in the most timely way. So really um, an API-rich environment to do enhanced alerting, reporting, uh, adding in more automations through the life cycle. Uh, and I think at last count, you know, we were collecting about 2 billion data points per month across our clients' networks. So that's a huge amount of... Uh, track record that we can understand uh, and analytics that we can really turn into actionable insights for our clients. Because I think in this space, there's a lot of talk about AI ops, but I think it comes down to the, you know, so what? <laughs> so if I'm an enterprise client, you know, what does that mean right now? You know, how does that help right now? Don't just throw a whole bunch of data at me and say, aren't I smart? Really package that up into actionable insights, make clear recommendations, or even better still, have an automation that's uh, worked its way around the issue so the end user didn't even, uh, didn't even experience it and feel a thing. So I think you know, that's how our managed services space is moving forward really rapidly. And um, 
I'm really proud of the work the team's done on all of those different aspects. Right. And I think the um, the last point in particular, it's it's becoming just so difficult for the enterprise to extract the insights that they want out of these environments. The the haystack is getting bigger and bigger and they're trying to find very small needles in there because there's so much uh, sort of steering around issues and smoothing out of some of the performance glitches that often it's masking underlying problems that are in those networks. So we're having really interesting conversations with the enterprise because of that, because we can you know, pinpoint down to the exact issues that are happening. You know, Instead of talking about hundreds of circuits in a network, we can pick out the five or 10 that are really experiencing chronic issues. And you just can't do that with traditional tool sets because they're not able to sift down into that level of granularity and extract that very small data point out of a very large sample set. So yeah, we're really seeing that change the type of conversations we're having from a managed service perspective with enterprises. So yeah, to- totally agree with that. Exactly right. It's having that team at your beck and call who's got the context, who's got the context of your technology architecture and services, who's got the context of your business and you know your manufacturing or engineering or professional services or whatever it may be and where that exists, and really bring that context to that, uh, that conversation. So really being able to leverage all of those smarts uh, the smart services, as we call it, and um, and really zero in and save a lot of time for our clients to sort of get to the nub of the issue really quickly. So moving on to another really critical part of the environments that we support for our clients, we, we look at the underlay component and we talk a lot about our telco independent approach and delivering our services very much in this over the top model. And I think as Coevolve, we've had a long history of doing this at the edge and transforming private and legacy infrastructure into something that's generally more internet centric and taking advantage of broadband and mobile and low earth orbit satellite and all sorts of other emerging technologies like that. So we've proven that point, I think, very well that we can transform the edge of the network to this telco independent model. But what we're focusing on in the second theme as part of the next gen series is looking further into the network and looking at the core of the network and seeing how can we apply some of that same telco-independent methodology to the backbone network and replace what was traditionally very much in the domain of the telcos and the carriers, the long-distance MPLS connectivity between regions and SLA-backed services and so on. So there's a lot of interest, I think, in the industry around looking at a better way of doing this. But what do you think is driving that enterprise interest? And I guess, what do you see Coevolve's role in that next stage and some of this telco-independent transition looking like? Yeah, what do I think is driving it? I think two things. I think the clients that are evaluating the move is they've seen some of the outcomes that some of their peers have achieved. And then I think uh, even despite, you know, being able to witness some really early adopter uh, case studies that show some real methodology and some real success points and proof points, um, is just those frustrations with uh, the traditional network and the traditional core network backed by Nova MPLS um, just keep getting, keep compounding. So really, you know, I think that um, the pace of the great migration away from MPLS is really gathering pace now. It's been going on for quite some time and uh, has really just, uh, particularly post-pandemic, um, has become self-evident that uh, it's it's been a very valuable tool in the toolkit over the last two decades, but really it is um, you know it is not uh, what businesses require for their digital transformation projects in this day and age. So I think um, you know 
all of the drivers, you know, they're, they're sort of the, the yin and the yang, the, the, the opposite um, of, uh, of the MPLS network. So I think clients everywhere are frustrated with the inflexibility of the MPLS networks, whereas this new telco backbone, telco independent backbone uh, approach is one that um, you know, just really um, opens up, you know, all different options for, uh, for reach, for diversity and performance, and uh, and takes a lot of cost out of that equation. I think the um, you know to that point, how expensive those core MPLS networks are for relatively thin bandwidth. You know the the opposite applies for these telco independent backbone projects that we've seen, where we've saved a vast amount of money and been able to deliver those um, projects you know really really rapidly. You know we've got global clients who've moved networks and they've had spend of Say five to ten million dollars in uh, across that global wide area network, and they've saved you know two to four million dollars per annum on those spends. So you know really significant um, you know uh, cost to be taken out of these global networks. Um, just as the clients were frustrated with the MPLS being very opaque and very locked down and very uh, rigid, um, this you know alternative of the telco independent backbone uh, is that much more. Uh, flexible um, is that much more um, visible in terms of how clients can uh, ramp up services really quickly in different geographies, uh, whether it's a new requirement or taking uh, taking um, out some of the old network that it's replacing, uh, and then finally just the speed factor. So um, you know, whereas clients were forever disappointed with you know two, three, four, sometimes longer you know month lead times, and inevitably still having outliers on that that sort of double that lead time again and the business just not understanding how you know it could be in this day and age that uh, they were limited by such lead times um, to now the ability to ramp these services up in, in, in hours and days um, to be able to make changes online as and when uh, in a shared responsibility model where clients can really see what's going on and make changes very dynamically it's a, it's a step change, so it's really exciting. It's going to be um, a massive theme for the next decade, really, um, as that multi-billion dollar, probably circa $40 billion global, global MPLS spend, if I can say it, um, you know, really gets uh, totally disrupted. Yeah, and I think the, the potential there for using this uh, next generation telco independent backbone as almost an abstraction layer between the enterprise one and the multi-cloud environment. We're actually seeing it enable a greater use of multi-cloud products as well, because it makes it that much easier to integrate a new cloud provider or a new region or take some specialist provider that is, is connected onto that backbone into the network and handle the routing and the, the overall integration model compared to doing that in a very expensive, static, legacy MPLS type environment that was just an extremely difficult thing to do. So it's interesting, the enterprises that have gone down this software-defined model for the backbone and ended up with something that's much more flexible and cost-efficient, as you mentioned, they're also now starting to see follow-on benefits from that that relate to some of the, uh, the cloud migration projects that they're working on because they're no longer constrained to working within the same regions or even availability zones on those cloud providers as they would have been previously. So it opens up some follow-on benefits there that mightn't even be immediately obvious to the enterprise. 
And the final topic we're looking at for this next-gen content series is the future of manufacturing and industry 4.0. And personally, I think this is maybe one of the most interesting topics we're looking at because it takes quite a different approach to what we've seen managed services look like in the past. And it's really driven by a lot of the work that we've done already with global manufacturing businesses. And most of these businesses now are starting to look at some sort of convergence between their their OT and their IT environments, so the operational technology and looking at how they can leverage the, uh, the wide area network and all of the new bandwidth and cost-effective means of transport that exist on that network to carry large amounts of IoT sensor data to do some of the processing at the edge where it's more efficient and so on. And I think it also speaks to what enterprises are expecting from the managed service provider. And manufacturing is maybe one of the best examples of this, where just providing the basic monitoring and management of the network isn't seen as enough anymore because the enterprise has moved on. They're looking at how do we do this really deep integration of our operational systems into the wide area network? How can we run these compute workloads at the edge? How can we enable these broader uh, industry 4.0 transformations using some of the same infrastructure that's sitting on the wide area network. And we thought it was a valuable topic to do a deep dive into because so many parts of our proposition are really valuable and relevant to that manufacturing sector. But what's your perspective on this? So how do you see Coevolve adding this extra value beyond just that generic managed service in, a, in an industry, probably a demanding industry like manufacturing and what benefits do you think we can deliver to these types of industrial enterprises like that? Yeah, this is a really crucial topic for us at Coevolve Care on your right. Uh, and as you mentioned, it, uh, a level of industry experience that's lived experience uh, is, is crucial as a starting point. So we've got a lot of clients we've enjoyed really long and collaborative relationships with in these sectors. So we're talking about manufacturing clients of all kinds, uh, industrial services customers, engineering clients and the like. And really, you know, we've got experience with them looking at their whole demanding set of applications, a myriad of applications. So some of them are very uh, heavy CAD applications for um, product manufacturing or building construction and the like that are very demanding across the wide area network, particularly multi-continent. And, um, and then some of them are sort of real low power, low bandwidth type requirements, as you mentioned, in the IoT and the convergence of IT and OT. Um, so a whole mix of different traffic. And it's, it's not just a case of um, being able to do it in a narrow geography um, and a, a footprint that's just very, very narrowly confined, but one that, you know, can help the client across multiple countries they're in, multiple continents they're in. So there's that level of industry experience and that level of global experience that's really um, comes to bear here. And, and then you think about the how the technologies keep evolving. And again, that's really in our DNA and really speaks to the telco independent model that we've always espoused. So here, um, you know, there's an evolving mix of technologies in this landscape, some of them known, some of them being developed now and will be hitting the, um, the software-defined WAN and the software-defined LAN infrastructure fairly soon, whether that's 5G, private 5G, satellite uh, options, whether it's LEO options like Starlink or OneWeb as sort of significant bandwidth options or low bandwidth options. And there's some really interesting space um, companies and startups like Fleet, for example, down in South Australia that are really offering some new interesting um, options in this space. So really, it's being able to, with those client uh, end user goals in mind, with that heavy experience in this uh, type of environment, 
combining that with that uh, ability to integrate multiple technologies in a single integrated end-to-end solution that uh, really matters for the client. So Tim, finally, if we take a step back and look at this whole digital outlook for the global enterprises that we're working with and back to some of those main themes that we're trying to address as part of the, the next-gen content series, what do you see as that digital outlook overall for these enterprises? Like, Where do you see the majority of their IT investment going into in the, in the coming years? We've seen a lot of that go into cloud infrastructure and cloud applications and a real rush to get as many of these components off the network premises as possible and into a cloud service provider so that they can be ramped up and down and the applications can be modernized and so on. Do you see that continuing and do you see some of that spend shifting more towards services as well beyond just the infrastructure moving into the cloud? What's the the sort of mix you see there going forward? Yeah, I think the outlook for distributed digital infrastructure uh, is really promising. I think it will give enterprises an opportunity to really free up a lot of the IT budget away from the traditional infrastructure spend. As you rightly point out, either there's been massive investment um, previously in modernising applications or it's still underway. So really in that context, there's a need to uh, decrease the amount of that traditional network and security infrastructure spend. Sometimes those line items in the IT budget were really considerable numbers for global enterprises. And um, both as you move away from the legacy on-premises equipment model and remove a whole lot of cost and complexity and maintenance and power and storage and all the rest of it, field engineers, albeit through the removal of the legacy private MPLS type spend. As you move towards more cloud-delivered services right across the board in one um, joined-up infrastructure model, I think um, there's a massive opportunity for clients to save money and then redeploy some of that spend into Uh, an expertly managed or co-managed environment. So really being able to tap into the right services going forward. So not that old school uh, seven-year outsourcer, systems integrator or large global telco type services, but really modern services that are built for the cloud and really offer clients uh, an end-to-end perspective as they um, as they free up this uh, spend in a multi-cloud hybrid technology scenario. So there, that's really where the Coevolve team has a lot of lived experience as an early adopter, because it's really important, Karen, that you note, you know, the partner that these enterprises choose is really needs to understand the old and the new technologies, right? It's not good enough for a partner to come along and just push the latest technology and a new product or or worse still sort of just look at uh, one single point solution. Really, our lived experience as an early adopter is to really sort of pave the way for the next generation network and security technologies, which are all converging. Uh, But considering at the same time the existing investment, existing uh, application and infrastructure landscape, the patterns of working within that multinational, uh, the internal knowledge and training, et cetera, and resources that that, uh, that that team has. So really, to be able to come up with the best advice on how to uh, transition that digital infrastructure smoothly to the next future mode of operations, um, you know, you really need to be conscious of that whole environment and be an expert in bridging the old and the new technologies in one joined-up approach. Right. I, I totally agree with that. And I think the coming back to some of those earlier themes around expectations for managed services growing and some of these specialist managed service providers like Coevolve getting more deeply involved in some of the the inner workings of these businesses and delivering more advanced services. I think you could start to see 
some of that spend shift to those more advanced services because that's what the enterprise is really trying to get more value out of. They're trying to get more more focus on these critical components. And as they start to work with partners that can deliver on that, I think you could start to see maybe some of that balance change as well. But yeah, no, this is uh, it's an interesting space. And I think it's going to be a very dynamic one for the enterprises in the coming years and dealing with the the sort of macro change that's happening in the industry, as well as all of the enterprise-specific levels of change that are going on there is going to require just some some level of guidance and a, a framework for addressing that. So as we said at the beginning, that's that's really what we're trying to deliver here as part of the next-gen series. And I know I'm certainly looking forward to, to working on that in the coming months and to, to sharing some more details with clients and prospects around what we're doing in that space. But Tim... I really appreciate you joining today. I think you, you've added some some great perspectives here on, on all of these topics and looking forward to, to sharing some more details in the coming weeks and months as we roll out the, uh, the Next Gen series. But yeah, thanks again, Tim. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's a pleasure as always. And uh, we're always on the lookout for new topics or uh, requests for speakers to join you as a uh, host of Ahead of the Cloud. So if anyone out there is listening and would like to uh, contribute or make some suggestions, then we're all ears. Okay. Thanks, Kieran. Great. Excellent. Thanks again. Take care.